Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or Google Assistant, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both, learning new skills all the time. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Ted Conrad, close to booking. Can't wait to catch up with him. Thanks again to Lamar Young, Three Knox Barbecue, talking about the Tuffy Stone class. Certainly appreciate that. John, would you spend $1,500 on a barbecue cooking class? No. No! I would not do it. Really? I would buy a Lang. Okay. Well, I get that. No doubt about it. All right. I'm just wondering. You never know. $1,500 is a lot of money. That's for sure. Uh, This email coming in from John Dawson. Remps, this past Saturday, my wife requested a hot dog for lunch while I wanted brats. In an effort to compromise, I decided to do both. I fired up a brat tub of beer, butter, and onion. Hit it with some screw Reichlin. I'm going to parboil the dogs in honor of my Pakistani simulator friend, Greg. And I did. Then I put them on the grill where they belong. Thank you. Uh, John, I prefer generically Middle Eastern if it's all the same to you. Thank you. John, also weighing in, AC, ACSA, I find it interesting that he said he didn't think about the SCA, but then he went on to say that the scoring system is a mashup that includes elements from the SCA. Well, maybe when he was putting the SCA together initially, he wasn't thinking about or the uh, ACSA together he wasn't thinking about Then maybe he started doing a little bit more research. Who knows? I like the fact that you parboiled the hot dog and then put it on the grill. What are you, ridiculous? Come on, John. You're better than that. Commit to one or the other. Commit to one or the other. All right, we're going to step away and reload for the second hour. Thanks again to Dan Hurst and Lamar Young guesting here in the first hour. Go ahead and refresh your beverages and I'll see you back here in just a few minutes. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh listen, Liberty, it's a shit feast. Yeah, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Booyah. Yeah, I said that out loud. I can't believe I just said that. Hey, you found the barbecue and grilling show called the Barbecue Central Show. And we talk a lot about stuff in the barbecue and grilling communities. In about 13 to 14 minutes from now, Randall Bowman from the KCBS and the National Grilling Society will be here on the show. And then after that, Sterling Ball from Big Pop Smokers. 
If you missed the first hour, you missed Dan Hurst, the American Competitive State Cooking Association, based out of Columbus, Ohio, believe it or not. So a Buckeye brother. Yeah, I like that. Lamar Young recounted his time at the Tuffy Stone barbecue class end of June, I believe he said it was. And said not was it not only was it worth seven hundred and fifty bucks, but it would have been worth another seven hundred and fifty. That's fifteen hundred dollars. That it would have been worth every penny. Wow, it's pretty high praise there. Saying you'd double up the money if you had to, knowing what you know now. Maybe it's easier to say that knowing that you don't have to do that. But I'll take Lamar at his word. He's got no reason to lie. So I don't know if you're keeping track of a lot of this stuff or not. But Austin360, technically the website is dining.blog.austin360.com. And then I would imagine you can find it from here. The title is, no, Franklin Barbecue is not closing. Andrew, you are not the Wow. That's right. Franklin Barbecue is not closing. Don't worry about it. This was updated a day ago. This was written by Matthew Odom. Slow summer news days can create some hardcore speculation. A barbecue-centric podcast titled Tales from the Pits Barbecue released its 65th episode yesterday. It's entitled Changes at Franklin Barbecue. Now, there is an update to this story. It appears the podcasters or hosts at Tales from the Pits Barbecue have permanently deleted the podcast in question from their archives, both on their website and on iTunes. Beat it. They sent out a tweet this past Monday evening responding to Franklin's comments and explaining their methodology. Using some circumstantial evidence, such as Franklin working on a steak cookbook, the coffee trailer at Franklin closing, and a longtime member of the Franklin team having left recently, the show speculated in its show notes the following. In our episode, we discussed recent high-profile departures from Aaron Franklin, his restaurants, upcoming projects we've confirmed he's involved in, as well as documents we've seen. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the good part. We firmly believe that Franklin Barbecue, as we know it, is undergoing a major change and in the not-too-distant future may not be owned and or operated by Aaron and Stacy Franklin. Wow. Barbecue lovers can rest easy, however, while the Franklins are on vacation until August 9th and are working on a book. They have no plans to end their stellar run. And a quote, yes, We have had staff changes after the fire, folks moving on for one reason or another, Stacey Franklin said via text. Continuing with the quote, we have no plans. Andrew, you are not the We have no plans of selling or not operating Franklin Barbecue. It's simply not true. And a quote from Aaron Franklin, that's a good laugh. Okay, everyone, get back to eating barbecue and fighting about Lockhart. So that was like late breaking. Got that from my boy Stover right before we went on. So they went on to issue an apology because somehow this, (laughs) somehow it picked up steam, right? Let me make sure I can. Find the, where did it say, issued an apology. Uh, All right, let me see if I can find it. Okay. They wrote an apology the other night. Last night we published an episode of our show detailing recent changes. In the episode we discussed facts 
of the business that we were able to uh, that were available to the public and insight provided by trusted sources based on information we theorized that these changes could mean for the business never in our episode did we present as fact that franklin barbecue would be sold or would close we did our best to make clear that the ultimate future of franklin barbecue spoken about in the episode were opinion based on the facts that were presented the tweet went on is less interesting. Uh, guys, what are you apologizing for? Hosts at Tales from the Pits. What are you apologizing for? You said you checked in with trusted sources. You gathered data that was readily available to the public. You were watching some trends. You must have felt confident with your takes because you did a whole podcast on it. Why apologize? To be truthful, that's a lot more journalistic integrity than what's happening in a lot of the major news sources anymore these days. Why apologize? Moreover, why delete the episode? (laughs) It would be your most downloaded episode ever. Don't get rid of the show that everyone wants to hear now. Besides, you only have 65 episodes. At this point in your podcasting career, you shouldn't be eliminating anything. You should be stockpiling content. You only have 65 episodes. Check that, 64 episodes. So now you have to do one for free to get back to even. Also, on the very unlikely chance... How much of a tool bag are you guys going to feel like and look like if in two weeks' time, Franklin closes? You're going to be all like, look at us, we were right. Unfortunately, by apologizing and deleting the episode, if that actually comes true, you can't go back and reopen that door. It is totally closed. You can't unring that bell. Here's a piece of advice from the godfather of barbecue podcasts. No, not Johnny Trigg, fools. Me. Me. Greg. Your buddy Greg. Do the right thing. Repost the show immediately. Do it right now. Guys, I know you're listening. You're my biggest fans. I appreciate that. Tales from the Pits. Post the show immediately. Own the whiff. You've done that pretty effectively at this point. Then come on my show next week and let's talk about it. Email me. Trust me, Aaron and Stacy thought about this for about seven seconds tops. And then it was back to serving legendary barbecue and or enjoying their sweet, succulent vacation. But really, let's do a segment. Let's hook it up. Email me, greg at com. Come on. you got to get after that, right? Like, I cannot believe that they decided to rip the episode. That episode into your young podcasting career could be the pinnacle of download for you, the measuring stick. The glass ceiling, whatever you, however you want to talk about it. You can't delete that episode. Stand by what you thought. Add a production at the very front that said, hey, in this episode, we're going to say some really dumb stuff that at this point, after we fact-checked, after the owners were called, we realized we made a mistake. But this is what we felt like, and this is why we felt like it. Uh, go ahead and listen to the show and... Leave it up there. Get the downloads, guys. Come on. Who are you kidding? Take it from me. Now, of course, I would go right to Aaron Franklin and say, hey, I'm putting these things together. Can you confirm or deny that? And he would say no. And then I would not do a podcast. (laughs) But whatever. Guys, put that episode back up. Don't even front. Green Mountain Grill Read. That's right. Here we go. 
Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Three different sizes to choose from. If you like something that has a little bit more heft and size, you can do some six pork butts, seven pork butts, a couple different briskets, a whole bunch of various stuff. Jim Bowie is the one you want. If you want the middle of the road, Daniel Boone is the one that might be tripping your trigger. Now, if you're really into camping, because I'm not, or you really like tailgating, you want something that you can take with you because you like the pellet-fired convenience, you like the smoke, but you don't want to sacrifice a tremendous amount of capacity in order to be portable, Davy Crockett might be just what you want. And if you don't have access to a traditional outlet, no worries. You can just plug it right into that 12-volt adapter in your car, and away you go. Now, Jim Bowie and Daniel Boone, unique in the fact that you can rip the guts out of these things, and for like an additional 120 bucks, you go buy the pizza oven insert, and you're going to be way more happy in your life than you thought you could ever be. Now you have a high-heat pizza oven sitting right in your pellet cooker. Set the cooker to 350 degrees. Within that pizza stone oven top area, you're going to be right around 700 degrees. Basic rule of thumb. Wherever the cooker's at, double it, and that's where you're at on the stone. So, if you want to run at 1,000 degrees in that pizza oven, which I don't necessarily suggest because things can go wrong real quick and it's really hard to reel back from, set the cooker to 500 degrees. Once it gets there, you're right about 1,000 degrees in that pizza insert. Pizza parties are fun. Totally fun. Pizzas are done in like two, three minutes tops. Everybody gets to throw on their own toppings, make their own pizzas. Nobody has to share if they don't want to. Variety and selfishness all rolled into one part. It's great. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Don't forget, they make pellets to fire those cookers as well, plus a whole bunch of other sauces and rubs and so forth. So check them out. GreenMountainGrills.com. We are back with Randall Bowman right after this. Stick around. Be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by... National Barbecue News. That's right. If you are a backyard barbecue enthusiast, if you're on the competition trail, somewhere in between, you want to keep up with everything that's going on, timely reviews, ratings, you're going to want to check out the National Barbecue News. That's barbecuenews.com to sign up. Barbecuenews.com. All right, my first guest in the second hour has been building some of the premier gravity-fed smokers on the market today. He's also a competitive barbecue cook and is the current president of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Unknowingly, the show tonight has developed a steak theme as it has over the last number of weeks or so, especially on the competition side. And joining me now to talk about the National Grilling Society... And some other barbecue topics, as time might allow. Randall Bowman joining me here on the show. Randall, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How are you? I am doing absolutely fabulous, Randall. Appreciate you asking and making time for the show this evening. Uh, Randall, as I had mentioned in the open, the success and interest in competitive steak cooking has really come to the forefront here over the past couple years. Certainly no surprise to you. Uh, SCA, obviously a leader. I just had Dan Hurst on, who has created the ACSA or the American Competitive Steak Association a few weeks back. Uh, the national, or a few weeks back, the National Grilling Society rolls out, or, or NGS was announced. So before we get into that, when we talk about steak cooking from a high level, and you're somebody that is a competitive cook, you put on barbecue events, you see it from all factors and sides, what factor seems to hold the most value? for participants of these events in your estimation? Well, I think the, I think the biggest advantage to, to a grilling-style competitive cook is the ease of setup, the, the 
the no need for the large, you know, 20 by 50 foot spaces. Um, it's a one day cook versus a, you know, at a barbecue contest often we're there on Thursday and we're, you know, we leave late Saturday night after awards or we stay over till Sunday. Um, so I, I think there's, uh, the biggest advantage is just, is just the ease. Uh, and I, I look at that from not just a team standpoint, but from an organizer standpoint, from an attendee standpoint, from really all aspects, there's some, some big pros um, to grilling style events. Randall, how long has the NGS been in development? How long has that been something you guys have been kicking around? Well, I think it's I think it's a concept that uh, KCBS, KCBS board members have kicked around for years and years and years. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, we've done grilling ancillaries for, for 35 years anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they just never really put it into its own into its own world. Uh, but as marketing has changed and as competitive events have changed, um, I think there's a definite need and a niche in, in the current KCBS board uh, really kind of grabbed that and said, okay, it's time that we, we push forward uh, with some of this. And, and one thing I do want to stress, too, is is I know steak is, is huge, uh, and we certainly see that, and we're definitely going to be part of, of steak, but that's not the primary focus for, for the NGS at all. Uh, the whole idea behind NGS is, is truly uh, to highlight anything we cook outdoors over flame, uh, whether that's, you know, desserts or hamburgers or chicken wings or steak or different cuts uh, of, of different proteins. Uh, you know, for us, it's, it, it gives our organizers that are already doing barbecue events an option. Uh, for those barbecue events that are struggling because of the cost of the infrastructure for a barbecue event, uh, it gives them options to keep a competitive event in their community uh, with not uh, maybe as much uh, overhead. Um, so for us, the, the, there's a much bigger picture than just steak. So what is a, a vision of a National Grilling Society? Is it always Is there always going to be some type of a competition, or is it something where you're going to be gathering and, and it might be more of a, of a friendly, Hey, let's fire it up. And I'm going to taste something that you make and you taste something for me, or will there always be a competitive side to it? I think you're going to see many aspects like you just spoke about it. It's really rolling out initially as, as add-ons to existing KCBS barbecue events. Um, you know, we do have some standalone things already scheduled. Um, and, and then you're going to see, of course, some standalone uh, just grilling events uh, announced here in the next few weeks as well. But I think you're going to see a lot of educational stuff. I think you're going to see a lot of web content uh, for grilling. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of grilling series launched uh, in 2019 through the NGS through brand partners. Um, you know, and, and, and I, you know, Greg, I think you see this too. Marketing has changed so much in the last five or six years for for the event-style com- competition barbecue, uh, it's really gone more towards social media impressions and and the reach that they can get through the through media. Uh, and, and you know, when you have brand partners like like KCBS has had for the last few years, and and that we've brought on, especially this year with the Green Mountain Grills and Bull Bull Grills and Blue Rhino Propane and you know Royal Oak Charcoal and those, you start. Uh, you know, McCormick's Grillmates is one that really wants to put an entire grilling series together. Uh, we've got some great things planned. Um, Cabo Wabo Tequila uh, has a grilling event this weekend in Wheatland, Missouri. Uh, it is an NGS event. Um, they have one next weekend. They have, they're going to have about 25 grilling events uh, partnered with Cabo Wabo Tequila where uh, Cabo Wabo Blanco has to be an infused ingredient in the grilled entree. <laughs> Um, I think you're going to see a lot of things like that. And, and I will tell you, I, and from my standpoint, and I know, Greg, I don't know how much of my background you know, but, you know, I I, I was one of the first uh, kitchen arena uh, managers for World Food. Uh, love the concept, see the potential behind that concept. Uh, you know, we're competitive. I think I think you get a competitive nature, and, and you reach a certain point where, when, you know, baseball career is over, you can't really play NBA basketball anymore. Uh-huh. And so we look for other outlets to be able to fuel those competitive fires, and and food is is such a feel good thing. And when you look at the numbers, you know, eighty seven percent of a house of American households own one or more grills. 
Uh, so when you open the doors to that, uh, and then you look at you know how many how many fond memories do you have of your lifetime that involve a family barbecue or you know your family cooking hot dogs on the grill or hamburgers on the grill or everybody coming over on a Sunday to eat together or, or those types of things and you know I think the 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 family friends and food thing really comes into play when you start talking about uh, competitive food and, and that's really the focus. Uh, that we're looking for as well is to, to bring some fun back into some aspects of competitive uh, food events that have, have gotten very, very serious and very, very expensive. Um, you know, it's expensive to compete on a, on a pro level in barbecue. Uh, that's not a niche that everybody can afford to do. Um, so, I mean, if, if you can show up with your son on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon and, you know, cook some hamburgers and, and take home a trophy and a little bit of a check and, and create lifelong memories, that that's priceless. Randall Bowman joining me here on the show. Uh, Randall, is NGS run under the umbrella of KCBS or is there going to be a whole, you know, separate controlling body like board and all that stuff uh, associated it, with that? It, it, we haven't, as of right now, it's going to be controlled by uh, by the Kansas City Barbecue Society Board. Uh, this is just going to be a division of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. If it grows to the level that we hope it does, uh, it will it will branch out and, and have its own governing entity. Um, right now, it just needs to stay a little close to home to make sure the foundation is solid. Uh, it, it's going to piggyback with KCBS's scoring. Uh, there's some twists on the judging that will on the judging that will be announced, uh, but you know we've got 35 years of history, and um, you know KCBS is the largest sanctioning body in barbecue, and they got there for a reason. Uh, is it perfect? No, I, I I for one will not tell you it's perfect, but I don't know that any sanctioning body is perfect in everybody's eyes. Um, to me, just just like state. You know, SCA does a great job, has done a great job. Brett and Ken are great guys. They've yep. done a wonderful job. Dan Hurst is, is launching his deal out of Ohio, and he's, you know, the, the, the ones he's done, from what I've heard, have been great. Um, but, you know, sanctioning bodies are like buying a car. Uh, you, you've got, they're all going to get you from A to B. You've just got to find which one fits your, your needs the best. So, how do you envision the National Grilling Society, you know, as it, was just announced here. I don't know if it's been a month or, or so, you know, whatever, but how do you envision it rolling out here over the next, you know, six months to a year? And then what is a, a two or three year plan or, or how do you envision what that landscape is going to look like? Well, I think you're going to see a, a lot of announcements over the next two weeks, whether it's, uh, it's going to start with rules for different categories, steak and hamburger and, and chicken and uh, pork loin cut into chops will be the first four that are rolled out. We already have rules written for ancillary categories for, for crab legs and crawfish and all kinds of things because KCBS has done oyster festivals and hot wing festivals. And you know, the, the luxury of KCBS's scoring system is it, it really is written where you can score anything from you know, barbecue ribs to homemade donuts. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really kind of an open uh, open system that can be translated into many different categories. And if you look at sanctioning bodies uh, and, and recent development sanctioning bodies, there's a lot of them that are just twists on what KCBS developed 35 years ago. Will there be certified judges in order to make sure the food is judged it, properly or no? I think the, well, the, the, the plan right now is that certified judges will get different accreditations. Um, every KCBS member is automatically a member of the National Grilling Society. That, that's not an upcharge. It's not a dual membership. It's not costing anybody more money. Uh, we're truly trying to bring another benefit to our membership base. Um, judges uh, that are already certified will, will be able to judge NGS events just like they have. Uh, and then as a and I don't know if you know this, but we've you know we contracted to have an entirely new web platform. Mm -hmm. uh, built for KCBS and the phase one of that is scheduled to roll out September 15th um, and that's going to greatly change our, our internet presence uh, but you're going to see a lot of a lot of new things with that with new accreditations and new certifications for judges and recertification and 
continuing education and, and content and data and, and, and the whole idea for us is you know KCBS has been considered the biggest and best as far as sanctioning bodies for barbecue for so many years, but that didn't translate into other other areas of, of barbecue and, and you know grilled food. So we we really are trying to develop our web presence uh, to reflect the reputation that we built. Randall Bowman joining me here on the show. Uh, Randall, if I was doing a KCBS sanctioned event, you know, I've been doing it for the last couple of years, and on a Friday I've brought SCA in to do a steak event to piggyback onto the barbecue side. Is that something that as an organizer or an event holder I would still be able to choose, or is KCBS now going to dictate that it's going to have to be some type of an NGS event versus a, an SCA, or no. there could be a, no, we, an event? No. We have we have zero plans to dictate what an organizer can do. Uh, our stance, and, and truly, and I'll speak for you from an organizer standpoint, I, I would hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, KCBS is a sanctioning body. They don't own the event. Um, there's kind of a misconception with some things that, that, that some of the public assumes that because it's a KCBS event, the KCBS owns it and controls it and those things. And, and that's not, not the way it works. We are just a sanctioning body. We want the organizers to make decisions. Um, and I'll give you a prime example. We, we've launched this Cabo Wabo tequila program and, and, and I've negotiated this to different events and talked to different organizers and they'll ask questions like, well, when do I have to do it? Well, when do you want to do it? You want to do it on a Friday night? You want to do it on Saturday afternoon? Do you want to do it Saturday morning? You tell me what works for your schedule. Um, you know, do, do, do I have to do it at X time? No. What time do you want to do it? What day do you want to do it? it you know, it's, it, I, we leave it completely up to the organizer. The organizer owns the event. They need to, they need to own that, not only physically, but, but mentally and emotionally and everything. They're the ones that are ultimately responsible for the outcome financially of it. We want them to make decisions to make it the best event they can. Um, we want to help them, uh, but we certainly don't want to hamper them in any way. And, and to me, if you take too many choices away from them, you're you're starting to take the control of their event away from them. That's that's the worst thing we could do. Randall, when I was talking to Dan Hurst in the first hour, he had uh, really made it a point to say that he's trying to bring affordability back. You know, if you're putting on events, something that isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg, or you're going to have to put up your house in order to finance or put up his collateral in order to get a barbecue contest off because he does a number of barbecue contests here in the Buckeye State as well. said that he wants the American Competitive Steak Association to be way more affordable, both from a participant standpoint and from an organizer standpoint. Is that something that you would hope that the NGS is also going to follow? Oh, no, we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely in the same mindset. Uh, the whole idea for us is is it's so much affordable for, for an existing KCBS to run uh, a grilling uh, competitive series with our reps already on site and, and our assets already on site than it is to bring another sanctioning body in. Our hope is that they will see that, they will like it, they will want to use NGS over another sanctioning body. But even standalone, uh, the sanctioning fees become so much cheaper, uh, the entry fees for state, because you're also not looking at, at, at the average grilling event is not going to have a ten or $15,000 price per. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not asking teams to pay a, you know, three hundred or three hundred fifty dollar entry and buy a two hundred dollar brisket and you know one hundred fifty dollars worth of pork and you know pull their forty foot trailer in and, and, and you know run off the temporary power for the weekend. So I think it all it all cuts way down. I mean, you know, you're you're I think all your entry fees for grilling events are going to be very similar with every sanctioning body. And I think your payouts will probably be pretty close. Um, I think the, the, the goal of NGS, uh, just like all of them, is to have a national grilling championship, and, and that is in the works for 2019. Um, we've got uh, a couple of brand partners already committed to that. Uh, we are looking at location. Um, we're, we're looking at dates because we don't want to conflict with other things or other sanctioning bodies either. Um, you know, for a long time, I think there was this perception that you know, the, the sanctioning bodies, you know, fight with each other or can't get along. And, and to me, that, that's just kind of crazy because good events and good sanctioning bodies fuel good events and good sanctioning bodies. And just because you turn your ribs in at 10 o'clock instead of 1230 doesn't make you 
better or worse than me. It just makes you, you made a different choice. Um, but we're all out there for the same reasons. We all love what we're doing. We all love our, uh, the camaraderie and the barbecue family. And to me, we should all support each other and, and try to make the entire industry better. Um, not try to convince everybody why our, our opinion is better than theirs. Do you see, you know, in a year or two or three or whatever that you would be having three and four or 500 different NGS events? Well, I think it's very possible. I, I think with you know with 500 existing KCBS events, I, I think you'll see 150 or so uh, add on to KCBS events pretty quick. And I think you've got pretty close to 100 planned for 2019 already with brand partners. Uh, so I, mean, I, I think in 2019 you'll see you know 150, 200 NGS events without a problem. Uh, and then you know after that, it's really it's going to be supply and demand. I mean if if communities want to do these events and the organizers want to put these on and and we are the product that they want to do then we'll keep growing um, hopefully board members that follow me will, will have the passion and and want to continue you know what this this year's board is putting into place and and if everything you know, lands right it'll be a benefit for everybody randall could i make an argument that if competition barbecue hasn't gotten into whatever space it's in right now um people feeling like they might need to keep up with the joneses or using this kind of meat or pulling this kind of a trailer or whatever that the ngs wouldn't be rolled out or there wouldn't be a need for different stake sanctioning competition or you wouldn't see the growth of these sanctioning bodies as has competition barbecue put its own self at risk and now the popularity of the less expensive contest might overtake it at some point and Competition barbecue could be way down on the totem pole. You know, I, I and I've I've had this discussion with quite a few people over the last couple of months, and and, and to me the reality is, you know, barbecue for and I've been doing this for eighteen years now. I've seen ups and downs and lulls and you know, stagnant times, and and uh, you know, KCBS is twice as large as it was ten years ago. Um, that's a massive amount of growth, probably more growth than we could have expected. Um, from a business standpoint, that's a, I mean, that's explosive uh, in a, in an organization like this. Um, you know, we have uh, barbecue pitmasters, uh, listening to your prior guest. Um, he's one of many people that, that interest were piqued because of that television show. We don't have that television show, so we're, we're losing some of those. Um, you know, I, I don't think you're ever going to really lose competition barbecue. It, it may change. It may morph some. You may lose some contests, but it, you know the reality. What we're going through now too is we're not. I know people think we're losing contests, but we're not. We we kind of recycle contests. We lose one in this town, but we gain one in this town. Um, so we're, our numbers are not dropping. Um, they're just kind of staying where they have been for the last couple of years. Um, you may see barbecue contests in general dip a little bit, and, and grilling pick up, and then a few years from now you may see that swap some. Um, I think it's all going to depend on the popularity at the time. And, you know, brands dictate a lot of this. And I've, I've watched what pork producers have done over the last few years, and they've created popularity in certain things. Um, same thing with, with, you know, beef and steak and, and hamburger. And there's a lot of different pushes that, that change what our interest in or is, is, is the public. You know? I think I don't think you'll see bar, competitive barbecue going anywhere. It's, it's going to always change. Uh, it, it, I mean, you know, Greg, you've done it for a while. You've seen it change over the last 10 years. Yeah, so much so that I don't really talk a lot about competition barbecue all of a sudden. <laughs> well, it's, it's different. I mean, it's a uh, – and and I will tell you, that's one of the things that, that, that I, as an organizer, I work on too because I don't know that we're bringing as many people into barbecue as, as we have. And, you know, grilling may do that, uh, getting people – Peaked, interest peaked in competitive cooking may actually expand them into barbecue. Uh, we, we won't know for a year or two. Randall Bowman is the owner of Deep South Smokers, deepsouthsmokers.com, also the current president of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, which can be found at kcbs.us. And we're talking about the National Grilling Society that's just recently rolled out. So stick around and check their updates, join them on Facebook, all that good stuff, Randall. Appreciate you coming on the show so we can catch up. Look forward to doing it again soon. Pleasure. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Randall Bowman. No doubt. 
finally back on the show. How about that? All guests appear wow. via the Traeger Grills hotline. Mm-mm-mm. It's been a long time since somebody yeah, from KCBS has been on. Nice to have them back. That's great. So, National Grilling Society. Mm-hmm. Sterling Ball coming up out of the break. Let me quickly talk to you about Traeger Grills. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill. A Traeger Grill in the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, brace, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger Grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor from low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie. Traegers can handle it all, and the Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check your cooks, kick up temperatures, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all from the Traeger app. Want to beef up your barbecue game? Yeah, you do. Traeger Shop Class, going coast to coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go, taught by professional pitmasters. You'll take them all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you at TraegerGrills.com slash ShopClass. That's TraegerGrills.com slash ShopClass. Sterling Ball coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, Smoking with Smithfield committed cooks. Make sure you head to smokingwithsmithfield.com and report your first place wins to claim prizes. Have you registered to compete in the American Royal Pork Loin Ancillary? Smithfield has increased the prize purse to six Gs. Make sure you sign up at the American Royal website. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Smithfield Classic, which will be in Richmond, Virginia on September 29th. Reach out to Jesse at Big Pop Smokers. That's right, Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, at BigPopSmokers.com. That's September 29th for the Smithfield Classic. My last guest tonight, longtime sponsor of this show, an American Royal Grand Champion. He's been on TV, puts on some of the great barbecue contests during the course of a competition year. This coming weekend, he's doing a backyard barbecue class, along with new friend of the show, Scott Rodriguez. So let's go ahead and race to the Trade Grills Hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, pitmaster of Big Papa Smoker, Sterling Ball. Sterling, how are you, buddy? I'm fabulous, Greg. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous myself, Sterling, and appreciate you making time for the show as always. So we have a backyard. Oh, I like, oh, okay. I like, hold on. Hold on. I like Randall opening up for me. Yeah, you like that? You like him warming the room up? Yeah. So what do you think about National Grilling Society, Sterling? Is that something, you know, I had made a point right at the end that I thought maybe this is kind of need-based where competition barbecue might be trending down and this is something that could usurp at some point, perhaps even sooner than later. Do you see that happening or do you agree with Randall and the fact that there's just going to be ebbs and flows and maybe we're in a lull right now, but in year or two's time, barbecue could be right back where it was, you know, three or four years ago? That's like a compound question and difficult to answer. Right. But, you know, I don't know I don't know about the lulls in barbecue. I think it was kind of going pretty good, and Pitmasters came and gave it a nice shot. And, you know, they say their numbers are good. I, uh, you know, I don't know that they are. I mean, we just lost our 10th contest out here today in Henderson, Nevada. So, and the team counts are down. And, you know, I know that there's new contests coming in, but I think the participants per contest is down. As far as the National Grilling Society, I'm fine with any of that. Any, anything anybody does to give people a chance to cook more, regardless how. Um, but, you know, it's really difficult being a regional cook um, from a, a tough geographic area in California because people don't understand if you turn California on its side, north to south, it reaches Denver. So and that's one of the reasons why there's so many good cooks out here that people don't know until they come out and cook. And it's just hard. We're running out of places to cook. And uh, it makes it very difficult. I always like to get 25 cooks in. And uh, 
I take a road trip or two, you know, usually at least the, the Royal and the last few years, the Jack and, yep. and then usually another one, but I'm still, I'm going to be lucky to get 19 comps set and that's trying to get 25. And, uh, it's frustrating because I'm just trying to, you know, my goal is to end up in the top 10 and, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be harder with fewer opportunities. Well, it looks like you've cooked 11 so far. You're ranked 12th overall KCBS. Uh, you got two grand champions, three reserves. So out of the 11, you've hit first or second. I mean, that's almost a 50%, uh, you know, win or reserve grand clip. So just from average, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it, it's great. And uh, like I said, it's been, it's tough. Everybody's getting better. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, we have the new seating pro- program, which is very controversial. Um, I think, you know, I wish there'd be more conversation about that. And unfortunately, there's not much conversation because if you have an issue with it, I don't think that people really want to hear it over there. And, and I think there are some issues with it. But there's their attempt and they're trying to make it better. But I, I think that's made it... Um, I think that's made it a little tougher, too. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Sterling, let's go ahead and switch gears here just for a second and talk about something that's happening this coming weekend, which is a backyard barbecue class that's going to be put on by yourself and your boss, Scott Rodriguez, uh, BJ's Restaurant Brew House. We say that in jest, of course. But uh, talk to me a little bit about how that came to be, and uh, then we'll get into what you're actually going to be talking about in the class. Well, I think it's great. I'm glad we're not talking about the issues of competition barbecue. I mean, I've always been a cook. It's what I've done, you know, cooking outside, cooking indoors, and um, I love teaching. What happens out here, we have a lady named Patty Sharp who has Sharp Gourmet Cooking Wood. Patty was a marketing executive, and her husband had, her husband Mike had this woodshed, this dream of this uh place that sold really good cooking wood to the restaurants and and the barbecue enthusiasts. And unfortunately, Mike got uh, lymphoma or leukemia, lymphoma, I think, and he passed away. And Patty quit her job and went and ran the woodshed and sharp gourmet cooking wood. And the first time I'm with her to visit them because they're in Orange County, she's out in the back with gloves on in the wood pile. I mean, she's working it. Yeah. Okay. Now, the whole sharp gourmet cooking wood, Patty, her sister, her mom, they are the kindest people out here. If, you know, they just, they, any kids queue, they're there with Weber's. They, all they want to do is help people. Her sister and her just climbed Kilimanjaro to raise money for lymphoma and leukemia. Wow. Um, they are, they're such pure and wonderful people. And by the way, their team they sponsor, actually there's two teams, Team Woodshed and Sharp Gourmet, but Sharp Gourmet is a fine team, and it's got uh, Big Ed Williams, and uh, we call him Retina because he's always resting his eyes. Um, <laughs> and then we have G- Guns, who's the chicken expert, and Woody, and uh, they're just a blast. So they asked if I'd do a competition class, one meat for California barbecue. I said, no, I'll do uh, a cooking class for Patty's Charity. So we're raising money for leukemia and lymphoma, and uh, – I asked Scott if he'd do it because what we want to do is show a couple of the BJ's recipes, like the monkey bread bazooki, mm-hmm. and show them how to do outside. That's but that's not a trade secret. No. Oh, good. And we got clearance from the we got clearance from the CEO because oh. he cooks on a drum. So but, let's you know Scott's one of my Scott's one of my dearest friends and a great cook too. So for the folks that are gonna, well, I guess. By chance, if somebody's listening to this or making their way out to your neck of the woods or wherever this class is going to be held, is it closed down and or sold out at this point, or do you still got a couple spots left that you could fit people in if they wanted I to? That, I think there's one or two, but you know, it's a charity. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and 100% of the proceeds uh, go go to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So let's talk. Did you want to know what I'm going to be talking about? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about backyard classes. We always hear about competition classes, this and that, but uh, you know, I don't know a lot of, uh, except for the the stuff that like Traeger puts on and stuff. I don't know a lot of backyard geared classes. And when you got you and Scott that are going to be up there doing it, I mean, that's kind of a, a huge value. 
Well, we've got a lot of the California teams twisted this um, a sharp team will be there. There's a lot of people helping. There's a couple things. I think the things that I see most people uh, in making a mistake is maybe out of lack of confidence or in a hurry. Mm-hmm. You know, not taking the time to prepare their cook and think about it. Okay, and then we're going to talk about you know heat management. We're going to talk about using all your senses to cook, listening to the meat, looking at the smoke, uh, you know, smelling. It, it takes all senses. It's a and then we're obviously going to talk about food safety. We're going to talk about uh, different tricks for food preps between baggies, foil bags, half pans. We're going to show them how to blend some seasonings. We're going to show them how to make some uh, finishing butters with different Simply Marvelous and Big Papa Rub. Uh, we're going to show them how to make in doctor sauces to make them their own. And we're really going to start by one of the things I like to say is the, the thinner the heat, the thinner the meat, the higher the heat. So we're starting with carne asada, and we're ending with prime rib. So we'll be cooking carne asada with James the Flames, world-famous salsa. Mm. Hallelujah, guacamole. Scott's going to do some pickled onions, and we'll be making some tacos. Then um, I've got a pork loin with a, uh, with an orange sauce, sweet money, and pecan with bacon jam. Some hot and fast, hot and fast dry desert gold ribs. Rack of lamb and a spicy Asian uh Apricot sauce, halibut and a desert gold lemon butter sauce, shrimp and scallops, wings, wow. Big Papa's cheesy jalapeno potatoes, BJ's Brussels sprouts, um, cash cow mushrooms, and then a monkey bread bazooki. And then to end it, we've got the woodshed. We've asked them to iron chef us with a mystery ingredient. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be you and Scott going head to head for people's choice? No, Scott and I are a team. Oh, um, who do you go so with? We'll be fixing, but it might show us, you know, together Scott and I have about 30 items. Scott has everything on the menu, BJ's, but I'm involved in about 30 items on that menu that we create together. And the, uh, the creative process with Scott is, it's a lot like making a record. It's um, it's really fun and really, really creative. So uh, we're going to hopefully be able to duplicate that in the class and create a recipe with something we have no idea what it is. So you're going to be going over all that in the class? How long is the class slated to run? Well, it's six hours. Oh, okay. So it's a whole day. Yeah, but it's sort of a lot. Uh, you know, because there's a yeah. little condiments we're going to show them and stuff. But also, I've got the world's greatest partner in James the Flame Perez, too. He'll be there and Jesse will be there. So it should be really fun. When you talk about the thinner the meat, the higher the heat, do you still search for or are you still looking for an internal finish temperature? Like, what do you mean by thinner the heat, the higher the heat? Thinner the meat, the higher the heat. Well, you're going to cook a prime rib at a lower temperature than you'll cook a piece of flap steak or carne asada. Um, I don't take the temperature of a, a carne asada. I actually, you know, I want to get the malleard uh, on it. I want to get some caramelization and you know, very rarely can you order carne asada medium rare. But you also, if you cook to the slow heat, you wouldn't get that benefit. So it's really, I mean, even when you're cooking fish or stuff like that, I mean, if you're cooking even in the kitchen and you're cooking sole or something, you're in, your pan's going to be hotter than something that's thicker. Do you think that's the biggest mistake that people are making either outside or in the actual kitchen itself? They're cooking too hot or too low for whatever it is that the actual protein is? Well, yeah, I think that I think their fire management, I think, first of all, most people start cooking, especially a gas grill, before the thing's really heated up. They, they turn it to high and it's on for three minutes, and they just assume it's, it's ready, it's really not. Or light coals, and, and uh, when they're open, on an open fire, you know, not really letting the bed of coals get right. I, I think that that's a big mistake, and... I think, obviously, I mean, the biggest fails you see in barbecue are the, the chickens that are burned and raw on the inside. So it's just trying to get people to understand the idea that you're trying to cook it to the center and then give it some some of the um, benefit of the fire. Are you a, so that's why you go from a one zone to a two zone. You know what? Uh, are you a believer in... When you're cooking steaks, like flipping it multiple times, or are you a one-flip guy, or do you find a, a process works better than the rest? Depends on the thickness, but 
I I prefer um, I prefer um, an indirect heat. And actually, my favorite way to cook a steak is on a Santa Maria grill. Oh, and it's sort of I would call that semi-direct. Yep. Because you're getting the benefit of the juices hitting the fire, but the fire never really kisses the meat, but it gives such an even caramelization to the steak, and you're able to really, um, you know, get a, what I call bumper to bumper, the pink to pink, the edge. Um, and you can do that with sous vide. You can do that. Um, I mean, Barry Johnson does it straight with fire. Uh, I like um, either curing it first and then, Roasting it or reverse searing is generally how I'll do a, a inch and a half thick steak. If people wanted to uh, check it out, they go to the Big Papa Smokers Facebook page and see if there are still spots left. Absolutely. Where are you going to be competing at next? Well, um, if it still happens, uh, no, it probably will. <laughs> Del Mar. I mean, seriously, we lost Newport Beach. We lost Wildemar. We lost. Sarah's, Henderson, Martinez, Los Angeles, Crescent City, Penn Valley, and then ones that we thought we were going to have never made it to schedule, Long Beach and Quartzsite. Now, I couldn't have cooked all of them, but I had seven of them on my schedule. So it's tough. And the other thing that's that's, um, hit us is they have new DOT rules. And you know that from selling trucks. But um, because of our size and also our graphics, um, we're subject to DOT rules, which means James can only drive 11 hours a day. Right. And that he's got, and it's electronically monitored, and the truck has to sit for 30 hours during the week. So it's made it very difficult to go. I mean, if I wanted to go back and cook to that store, it's like a 12-day <laughs> deal for us to do that. And and, and by the way, the, the, the jack, if we make it, which is a sore subject, um, <laughs> if we make it, it'll be about 13 days round trip. 13 days? Probably, yes. Would you not be a team that, uh, you know, from time to time back in the day, I'd used to hear that, like a Darren Worth, or I even remember back in the old days when uh, Fast Eddie was out on the circuit, that he would fly in and beg, borrow, and steal stuff. Would you not feel comfortable in that kind of a competition scenario to use somebody else's cooker and, you know, have somebody else get your meat and all that stuff? Well, I fly in the most contests, but my problem is, you know, you sort of try, I mean, I don't have a lot of options, and I'm trying to make noise. Okay, I'm trying to end up in the top ten, and I want to cook. I, and I have sponsorships for with Old Hickory and stuff. And actually, I want to cook on an Old Hickory, and I want to cook on my drums. And I, I'm really, you know, maybe if it keeps going to hell the way it is right now, and I'm only able to cook six or eight times, I won't care what I cook on. But right now, I I really, I mean, look at everybody's looking. You know, on, on Saturday afternoon, everybody's looking, and you don't want to go there and borrow a bunch of stuff, not do well, and then, of course, look, you know, he can't travel, or some, you know, there's a million <laughs> negative things, but yeah. I like to, I like to cook on my stuff, and it's really hard to move it around. Sterling, is social media, like, the worst thing that's happened to barbecue in the last four years? Well, you know what? Everything changes. Everything's different. I think social media is really, I mean, first of all, I've kind of, I started by getting off of the brethren. There are certain cooks there in the competition section that are just pretty mean and always negative. So I left the brethren. Uh, Facebook pretty much is over. I cook, I show pictures of food on one page and guitars and really it's, it's Instagram now because it seems friendlier. Yep. But I mean, Facebook is just downright brutal every day. There's, somebody having a fight or bad-mouthing somebody. And what people don't understand is that people thinking of sponsoring contests go there first, people thinking of sponsoring teams, we really are projecting ourselves in an ugly light many days. Now, that's not to say there's a wonderful, happy, positive things on it, but I think social media, and I think Facebook in particular, might not have been great for our elections, or could have been, depending on your thing, but I think they're all kind of bad for for barbecue. I don't think it puts barbecue in the best light. If you are going to be around this coming weekend and you're interested in taking a backyard barbecue class, there might be a space or two available, you're going to want to check out the Big Papa Smokers Facebook page and see if you can't get in where you fit in and have Scott Rodriguez and Sterling Ball and others teach you all about great backyard barbecue tips. 
Sterling, always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much. Thank you, Greg. Bye. That's Sterling Ball right there. Oh, he just hung up. John, he just hung John, you there? Yep. Yeah, he had no time for any of that. He's out. That's all right. My finger was on the button. How did your call with Greg go? <laughs> it went fantastic. Yeah, got to go. Bye-bye. All right, stand by. I'll be back with you in a second here, John. Uh, quickly, though, I'm going to talk to you about Southside Market. That's right. Established in 1882, Southside Market, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground and natural pork casings, and the authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including the prime briskets, slow-smoked for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store. That's southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later, include a custom gift note, and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. Yeah. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. They're also shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. That's awesome. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders welcome. Two restaurants to try out. Elgin, Texas since 1882. And Bastrop, 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the best part of the whole deal. If you go to southsidemarket.com and you roll that grocery cart all around the virtual aisle, stock up all the stuff you want. Sausage slammers, cheddar jalapeno sausage, that beef sausage. The list goes on. The hot sauce, the barbecue sauce. You can get 10% off your entire online order with coupon code BBQ Central. All one word, BBQ Central. 10% off when you go to southsidemarket.com. Again, that's code BBQ Central for the podcast and online listeners only. All right, we're back to wrap the whole show coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. All right, we are back. John Dawson weighing in. NGS is the subject line. Remp, sadly, it would appear the KCBS is already working to overcomplicate competitive grilling. No! Also, John weighing in via email. Subject line, tales from the land of stupidity. Oscar Wilde once said, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about at all. You're right. You're right. That's why I'm telling the guys from Tales from the Pits, put that episode up. Don't keep it deleted. Undelete it. I mean, you know damn well you don't have it deleted. It's in your Dropbox or 50 gig terabyte hard drive somewhere off site. Pull it out. Repost it. Come on. You know you want to. I know... I want you to, and I want you to be on my show next week. Let's book it. All right. All the way back in the first hour. Hi, this is Scott Are we Green. really doing this ID right now? Also known as Scotty BQ. Here's we are. And you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Right. Legal ID right there. All right. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Dan Hurst, the American Competitive Steak Association, based out of Columbus, Ohio. Ten or so events this year on the docket, but then growing leaps and bounds starting next year. So we'll see how that works out. We'll keep in touch with Dan. Then we talked with Lamar Young. He took the Tuffy Stone competitive barbecue class a couple weeks ago. Loved it. Rave reviews. Not only worth $750, but worth $1,500, according to him. So if you're in the market for a Tuffy class, five-star rating if you look at Amazon. In the second hour, we talked with Randall Bowman. He made a return back to the Barbecue Central show, current president of the KCBS, talking about the National Grilling Society. A little bit of the state of where competition barbecue is right now. We'll agree to disagree at the moment. 
And then closing the show, Sterling Ball, Big Pop Smokers. He's got a backyard barbecue class coming up this weekend with Scott Rodriguez and a host of others benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 100% of those proceeds going to that charity. Always appreciate the time with Sterling. Big show lined up for you next week. Maybe, maybe the guys from Tales from the Pits. Until then, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.